I died at 19, right? It's pretty much the only reason anybody but my mom remembers me. Definitely the only reason Madison ever heard my name. Dying a teenager is peak tragedy. I mean, people practically fetishize it. They talk about how pretty your corpse will be. Like a corpse is anything but a shed skin rotting in the mud. Vicky insists it's a reflection of our culture's obsession with sexualizing innocence or making sex freaks innocent or something like that. I just think it's weird. But being dead is also uh, kind of awesome. For me, at least. Sucky's having a harder time with it. It's kind of dumb because he's 26. And that seems like more than enough adulthood for one dude. Even Vicky can't relate. And Vicky can always relate. She's like a 14 on the empathy scale. But she was working by 12 and dead by 20, so from her perspective, Sucky's adult life stretched on long past when he could reasonably expect it to. Still, she says most ghosts really miss being alive. The feeling of flopping down on the couch, the fabrics give, the plush oomph, feet scapped from prom shoes, breathing as automatic instead of this conscious fog I push and pull through the mist. Plus, Sucky only died about a year ago, so I guess it's harder for him. We went to visit him in his mopey place, also known as the Harding Park Playground. I feel like parents would be creeped if they knew about the grown ghost man staring wistfully at their children, but these are also parents who bring their kids to Harding, so they obviously don't have the best sense of danger. Your literal bringer of life would never hurt a child, I, uh... I stood behind Sucky, looking down at his undercut. I don't want to say I'm bad at dealing with emotions, but it's certainly not my strong suit. Vicky, well, she has had an advantage. She spent centuries doing basically nothing, so she learned to sit with shit. She sat down in the grass next to Sucky. I watched blades of grass jut through her ankles and lose themselves in her broad thighs. From behind them, I gave an awkward half-wave. Hey. Vicky pressed her head against Sucky's shoulder, which offered no resistance. Their images blurred together, all gesture, no touch. The scale of solidity usually goes like this. Real, physical people, then me, when I really try, then Vicky, on a regular day, and then the other ghosts, depending on how long they've been around or how many fucks they give about their physical form. Today, Saki was barely visible. He didn't respond to my awkward greeting, didn't even tilt his head to acknowledge Vicky. There was a little girl burying her Barbie alive in the sandbox. Saki's sigh fogged the air. Babies? Vicky asked. Saki nodded. Babies. When Saki was alive, he was a kindergarten teacher and hardcore dad in training. He had three little sisters who he insisted on raising himself to the confusion of his ever-present parents. By the time their fourth kid was born, Sucky was 14 and willingly splitting midnight diaper duty. All he ever wanted was to be a parent. He was even supposed to get married in the fall, but he and his fiancée went hiking and, well... Oh my god! Fall. The girl scampered off to join her friends on the monkey bars leaving the Barbie with one perfect plastic hand clawing out from the depths of the sandbox. I could kind of understand where Sucky was coming from. 
I mean, I guess kids are cool when they're 10 and up and can mostly take care of themselves. But I've never actually wanted one of my own. Even when I was little, I hated playing house. I couldn't stand the doting mom role or the coddled daughter. I insisted on being the dog. But I felt bad for him anyway. Must be. Ugh, there's like this static in my ear. Do you hear that? Anyway, my stomach had started to feel like a rat king. All knotted and clamoring. I wrung my hands together. It's not that bad, I offered. It sounded an awful lot like a blurt. Like rapidly thickening word vomit. Sucky bitched face back at me, his eyes still heavy and half-lidded. I pushed forward. Seriously, I said. There's tons of stuff you can do when you're dead. Stuff you couldn't even do when you were alive. Like what? Sucky said. And I expelled my usual brand of stupidity. Get hit by a car? Yeah. So we did that. It was honestly awesome. At first, staring down the yellow line on Wrangler Road, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, phasing through stuff is usually a conscious effort, like pushing against a current. But there was no way that a car could fail to move through me, right? Vicky and Sucky lined up behind me, each a few feet back. Sucky was moon gray, half blended into the mist. Vicky was muttering something about the smog. Truthfully, I think some of this environmentalism stuff is just a mask for her bone-deep fear of cars. She once told me the story of when she first saw one. She hid inside a tree for who knows how long. The headlights came refracting through the darkness. The road was slick with rain, turning the pavement half neon, a smear of light and color. I could hear Vicky's whispered prayer, or maybe swear words, it was hard to tell. The car moved forward, and everything blurred. For a moment, the world was yellow, then white, then light outside of you. Then it whooshed away, a roller coaster careening to the end gate. It crashed through me like a wave, sending me stumbling back. I could feel the foreign in me like salt water up my nose. I sputtered. Behind me, Vicky shrieked, ecstatic. Sucky just grunted. Again, Vicky cried. Again. I grinned at her. But the carbon emissions. She shook her head at me, her hair sparking up around her face. Her pupils outweighed the white in her eyes. Honestly, we're lucky that ghosts can't do drugs, because I'm sure she'd fall right into that 60s stoner stereotype when she wasn't trying to save me and the rest of the world from our dumbass choices, that is. Whatever, Sucky said. Seeing him sad was like seeing a mascot without their heavy costume head. Just flat out wrong. Come on, I said. What do you want to do? Nothing, he said. He paused, ducked his head, his whole self just a flicker in the darkness. His voice was heavier than the mist on my shoulders. Jump off a bridge. And yeah, obviously he was being sarcastic, but 
You can't think that would stop me. Careless. Just like a child. She gives and gives and you leave spittle in her hands. Wine around a mouthful of food she gave you. Ungrateful. Unwill. Well, you know that old saying, would you jump off a bridge if your friends did? I wouldn't recommend it. You know, don't try this at home or whatever. I wasn't even sure if we could do it. For starters, falling is a lot harder than you'd think. It's not that ghosts are anti-gravity, but we can sort of fly. Just not the way people fly in movies. They make it look so easy just sticking their arms out and zooming away. For ghosts, it's more like choosing the height you exist from. Finding your spot in the mist. Like when you're swimming, you can rise to the top or sink to the bottom, but it doesn't really feel like a free fall. In the sky, you still have to walk, at least if you're in some kind of humanoid shape. There's this one girl who's taken the shape of an emperor penguin, and she does a pretty good approximation of actual flying with her useless little wings. Then there's the issue of the river, which winds its way in and out of the park. I was worried about being flushed out of Harding, away from the protection or patronage or whatever the mist a lady offers. But as usual, Vicky and Sucky had no idea what I was talking about, so I figured it'd be fine. We all lined up on the bridge, which was not nearly as creepy as I'd expected. Simple, concrete, steel railings. Probably the only road in Harding without a pothole. How are we going to do this? Vicky asked, looking down at the water's churning surface. High school musical jump, I said. I clapped my hands as the full weight of my genius hit me. High school musical jump! Wow, you really are from 2007, Saki said. And I was like, what's wrong with 2007? But Saki had already continued. Those never work anyway, he said. No one's ever in the air at the same time. Pointedly, I took a step forward into the air beside the bridge. I guess I was feeling a little cocky because I said... Look, another thing you can only do when you're dead. On the bridge, Vicky gave me a look that clearly meant cut it out. I shook my head. Sucky's stress was pulling me tight, like an instrument string taut and resonant, like a bag of chips squeezed until it pops. It felt like... Well, honestly, it felt like Sucky was attacking me. Like, if this afterlife wasn't enough for him... It meant it shouldn't be enough for me, either. I felt... wrong. And I hate feeling wrong. I just wanted Sucky to jump off this freaking bridge with me. Out of habit, I tried to grab Sucky's hand to pull him forward. A gesture from the life I'd left behind. He stared down at the point where we did not meet, and he pitched himself off the bridge. He didn't fall. He only stumbled forward like a child walking upstairs at night, convinced there was one more step. He stared down at his feet. Fuck, he said. The wind whistled in the hollow of his voice. He stomped his foot. I could see the force in every taut line of him. 
but his toes only pressed deeper into the mist's cushioning. He did not sink. I moved towards him. I'm sorry. I said, the gravity of the situation hitting me now as I watched him float. Aya, Vicky said, a warning, and Sucky turned to face me. His eyes were caved in, his face scraped away, an absence rotting from the inside out. His smile lines had receded into his skull. I'm not mad, he said. I'm just disappointed. I could feel myself drop a full foot in the air, weighed down by the shame in my stomach. Sucky reached down and patted my head. Tender. Paternal. He walked away. Vicky stayed with me and I turned to look at her. The girl who had lived 18 years and been dead so much longer. It happens, she said. Soft, her accent slipping. People don't always want this. It's not... It's not good enough for them. And I realized there was a question in her tone. Fear clawing its way out her throat. She wanted to know if I was like Sucky. Worse, like the slivers of forgotten selves I'd seen on the night of the hunt. For the first time, I realized how much Vicky had lost, even here, in the land beyond goodbye. How much I could still lose. I looked down at my hand and concentrated. I could see my color start to fill in the brown darkening like someone had turned my opacity up. I reached over to squeeze her hand. She ducked her head, the relief instinctive. Calm down, Aya. Let's take turns, okay? This is a message for Madison. Richard has a big mouth, a fear of those bigger than him that penchant for rebellion that the three of you share. But let's be clear. He's full of shit. Don't listen to a word he says. Toodaloo! Huh? Um, the static's gone. What was I saying again? Overkill is written and directed by me, Leah Hagen. Sound is by Juan Giordano, and the voice of Aya and the Miss Lady is Rebecca Rivera. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast through a season and a half-ish, and also 13 episodes, which, being the spooky number, kind of makes this episode feel special for literally no real reason. If you want to find out more about all of GalPals Presents projects, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Present. We also have a Patreon. Thanks for supporting the show and hope to see you in two weeks for the next episode.